Hey there, believers. Let's get through this commercial break first so we can enjoy a full show. Do you want to be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes? From the office to the outdoors, then please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware, buckle, and frame. All the labor, too, is right here in America. So when you buy from Squatch Survival Gear, you're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home. I've become good friends with Chris. Um, He's a military vet. So all of these packs are made to mill spec. All right, so they're all military standard packs. They're good for everything. These things are virtually bomb proof. I promise you, I own two of them. I have the Rock Ape and the Mothman pack. They cannot be beaten. I've I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The Squatch Survival gear changes the game. All right, I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just use it as a regular backpack, but it's so functional. It's it's just unbelievable quality. All right, so please go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP. That's 23BUMP to save 15% site-wide. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hosea 4.6 says, my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, it looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine-tingling scream that you've ever heard in your life, and it cut through me like a knife. And I knew that they were going to take me. I just knew it. And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated. Well, when I look in there, uh, I see two big eyes staring back at me. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for the believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. Join us, and we'll go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. Got a great episode for you today. 
<clears throat> it might get a little deep, might get a little heavy. Um, but the person I'm bringing on today is going to share with you um, some personal stories that became a movie um, after the book. Um, his name is Ralph Sarchi. You may have heard of him already. You might already be familiar with this, but I just watched the movie a couple months ago. It's called Deliver Us from Evil. And it intrigued me. It's about, you know, the movie, of course, it's going to be a little sensationalized, I think. Um, it was about this New York cop that was following a series of crimes. Um, turns out that these people were possessed. And an exorcist got involved, so they started. They they worked as a, like a sort of a team, um, cast out devils, and it was just so different and so good that I looked it up because I said it was based on a true story, and uh, I found the book, bought the book, and fell in love with that. I immediately contacted Ralph, and. Uh, you know, we, we exchanged a couple of emails, a couple of phone calls, and I got him here on the show. Um, it's going to be like nothing you've heard before, I have a feeling, unless uh, unless you've read the book. Because the book is not quite like the movie. And when I called him, or he called me back, um, he said, do you want to talk about the book, or do you want to talk about what, or do you want to talk about the movie, or do you want to talk about what really happened? I said, man, all, all I want is the truth, you know? So this New York City cop, I think he was like uh, South Bronx, finds himself, um, you know, intrigued by the paranormal for, you know, a long time. Like a lot of us, you know, we were into that kind of stuff. And then things evolved. Um, Ed and Elizabeth Warren are involved in this. Um, legit exorcisms are being done here. Uh, I cannot wait to talk to him. This book, um, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit while we're talking, but it's called Deliver Us From Evil. I got it on Amazon. I actually have not made it all the way through yet. Um, I am in the middle of uh hunting season <laughs> i'll just be honest uh, i took a week off work just to go deer hunting for the week and uh can't go every day but i can go almost every day and doing that i've kind of uh left this book on pause but i'm in the last couple of chapters and um after after it wraps up in the back here are prayers of exorcism that have been authorized for him to share um this is legit guys um i don't know i don't know how excited you guys get over this kind of stuff but crushing the head of the snake gets me happy you know it just makes me excited to uh see good conquer evil and objectively you know so there's, there's my alarm to bring him on the show um, so when I bring him on 
we'll get into whatever he wants to talk about. But just be forewarned, some of the stuff in this book is heavy. I mean, you're dealing with demons. Like real, this is for real, true story. People and places being possessed, being exercised. So may not be one for the kids. Maybe it is one for the kids. I don't know. Um, your call. But please um, take this seriously. All right. All right. Here we go. I love you guys. Well, what do you. All right. How's it going, Ralph? Good. Good, Bo. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Let me I put the glasses on so I could see you. I'm oh, like blind without these. <laughs> I, I, I hate doing the uh, the fake intro that we've already talked for a few minutes. Uh, everybody in the audience knows that we everybody talks off air before they get started. So yeah. I just but I do want to welcome you to the show officially. Uh, I appreciate me. you coming on. Sure. Um, I told everybody in the pre intro that some of the stuff we talk about might get a little heavy. Um, but I don't want you censoring yourself for anything. Okay. Just, Oh, I won't just be as, as frank as you are I, in that book. You know? <laughs> I don't self censor. That's not one of my strong points, you know? Um, all right, man. So, uh, what I wanted to get into today, the reason why I reached out to you is I fell in love with your book. Uh, at first I got, you know, I watched the movie with the family and I was like, man, this is interesting. This says it's based off a true story. And then I do a little digging get the book reach out to you read this in the meantime while we're waiting to schedule our interview and uh it, it's just it's so intriguing the reality of uh of what we deal with in this world and you're coming from it from this perspective of a police officer um i don't know about how the rest of the world looks at police officers from one day to the next but i hold them in a high esteem you know, I, I give a police officer credibility. Uh, I like to look at them as men and women of integrity. Well, if they so, earn it, yeah, sure. When you tell these, when you tell these accounts, I'm going to believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so what I would like to do, if you don't mind, is uh, just wherever you want to start at. If you want to start at the beginning, if you want to start with like a highlight reel of things that's went on, um, Whatever, if you just have a certain message you want to push today, I just I'm just glad to have you on the show. Well, um, I would prefer if you ask me a question and point me in a direction, and you know we can uh, we can move on from there. You got Enjoy it. Show, man, you ask the questions, I answer. All right, all right. What got you interested in the paranormal? I I, I have an idea, but I would I'd like to start off with that, and then we'll get into how it ties into your work. When I was younger, I was an avid reader, um, you know, not so much these days. Uh, and I used to like to read stories uh, actually about UFOs. That's where I started. Uh, but within that paranormal um, field, which it was called parapsychology back in my day, not paranormal. Um, I started to read about ghosts. And I got very interested in that. So I started to devour everything that I could find written about ghosts. And as I'm reading, I'm hearing about demons and the demonic. Now, I was an altar boy 
uh, you know, at a young age. So I had a pretty good background in in my faith, you know, as much as a, a 10, 11, 12 year old boy can understand. Um, I knew that there was a God and a devil. Um, and I would keep continue reading and doing research. And I from time to time would read books about Ed and Lorraine Warren from Connecticut, Monroe, Connecticut. It wasn't until um, I got married and I had my first daughter, Christina. She was about a month old. I was on vacation from work. We went to, we went out to the mall to buy us some clothing. You know, uh, she was growing rapidly because she'd eat everything in sight. And, uh, you know, she was getting hard. So we had to get a new clothes. And I don't walk by bookstores. So I went in and it was actually my ex-wife came up to me and handed me a book. Um, I actually still have that book. Uh, it's called Satan's Harvest. It was about a man named Maurice Sterryholt and his exorcism and his possession. And the Warrens handled the case. So I, I read that book in one night. Uh, you know, uh, I got home and uh, my ex was doing what she had to do. And I was on the couch reading and I didn't move until I, I finished it. And I had decided that I was going to contact Ed and Lorraine Warren because I had a starting point. I knew they were from Monroe, Connecticut. I believe it was a father Boyer was the one who reached out to them, if I'm not mistaken. And he said, I, I called him in Monroe, Connecticut. So the next day I got a, a listing for them. And I called later on in the evening and I got Lorraine Warren. Ed was in Newfoundland at the time, and I spoke to Lorraine about 45 minutes to an hour. Wow. And um, I had asked her to send me some literature, you know, um, about the work that her and Ed Warren, you know, they were doing. So she said, let me get your address. So I give it to her. She goes, oh, wait a minute, Ralph, there's something strange. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to hear there's something strange going on with this woman, you know? Right, that's um, the wrong person to hear that from. Yes, I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the hell is strange? <laughs> she comes back, she says, hey, take down this man's information. He lives in New York and, you know, he, he works with us from time to time. So she gave me his information and I'm like, Lorraine, he lives two blocks away from me, you know? Now, they just think of the vastness of New York. Right. That I just happened to call two blocks away from where... Joe Forrester lives. Well, you know, I, to make a long story short, we connected, and the next step was to get my daughter Christina baptized, and she was. You know, it takes time, but we got everything set up, and and I think two months after that, she was baptized, and I just jumped headlong into the work from there. You know, Joe and I, a lot of trips to Connecticut. Oh my God, a lot of trips to Connecticut. <laughs> um. You know, uh, much to the chagrin of my ex-wife, you know, it cost me a lot of money to get up there, you know, yeah. and uh, it was tight. So it created problems, yeah, but I, I would not stop. And she knew it. Um, she knew it. She didn't push me too hard on it, you know, because she understood. Right. Um, this this is something that he's going to do no matter what. And I just put everything I had into it. Now, you, you call up the work. Yeah. Um, for those that didn't read the book, can you explain? Because you have a job, right, as a yeah. South Bronx police officer. 
right? Yeah, I was a New York City policeman. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's your job, and you you do, you call that the job. You, right, that's the job. But the work is investigating the cases. Now that was Ed and Lorraine's term. Okay, I just happened to use it. So, uh, you know, it, it actually that belongs to the Warrens, but I, you know, I took it to work. That's what we called it. I was yeah. one of their investigators. So that's the terminology I used. And I just, uh, you know, I just went on with it. it. It was just a term that we used amongst ourselves. Basically, uh -huh. it was a term that, you know, hey, you know, you're in the work. We got the work. We got some work to do. Now, you're doing this from a... um from what kind of perspective here as as a believer right as a traditional catholic yes as a traditional catholic so you're going in here with your holy water with a crucifix right or a rosary no no rosary well all catholics should be praying a rosary i always have a rosary in my pocket um what we use is sacramentals which would be holy water, blessed incense, blessed oil, blessed salt, um, and religious medals like the St. Benedict medal or the miraculous medal. But for cases, we usually stick to the St. Benedict medal because the on inscribed on the medal itself is an exorcism. So um, those medals are very powerful. When they are blessed, they need to be blessed. They need to be properly blessed by a validly ordained catholic priest if there are any of those elements missing you don't have a blessing on that object all right walk, wish. walk me through these objects and how you use them in a case because i i know from reading your works and i've i've studied this stuff for a long time i have a a, a general idea but i would imagine most of the people that are listening to this, this is new to them. Um, especially if they're... It was new to me at one time too, Bo. Right. And, and especially yeah. if they don't have a Catholic background at all. Um, but what could you start with what is traditional Catholic, for one? And then let's get into these sacramentals. And tell me what each of them do and how, how you come about becoming proficient in them. Uh, like, like their weapons to your to your warfare well there's no there's no proficiency needed there is faith needed that's it amen and you need to be in a state of grace mm -hmm. meaning there could be no mortal sin attached to your soul so confession is very important uh to a per a catholic like me involved in the work and we do that by going to confession and you know, refraining from committing sin that will kill our soul, separate us from God and make us enemies of God. How could you go up against the demonic or the devil in that spiritual condition? You can't. It's, you know what, if, if it wasn't for the grace of God, a lot of people would not survive, not a day, Amen. not a minute with the things that they're in, getting themselves involved in. Right. The devil, the devil promises but he don't mean it. Whatever he promises his followers, he's lying to them. He's not known as the father of lies for no reason. Right. You know? Yep. 
There's a reason why we call them that. Amen. But to start the traditional Catholic Church, a lot of people think it's a it's a it's a new concept, but it's not. It's ancient. That's where the word traditional comes from. It means it's it's old. It's been around for two thousand years. The the mainstream Catholic Church, and I include the Vatican in this, are really no longer Catholic. They, uh, I don't know if you any, know anything about uh, the man in Rome, Bagaglio. I will not refer to him as a pope. I don't believe he's a pope. I don't even believe he's validly ordained. The things that he's doing are contrary to the dogma of the faith. It's contrary to what Jesus Christ tells us in scripture. So I can't follow a man like that. And, and you know, when I first got involved in this work, that's where I was. I was in the Novus Auto Church. Right. But I was surrounded by two men, Bishop McKenna and Father Malachi Martin. And they were both traditional Catholics. And while neither man forced me to leave the Novus Auto Church, it means... New Order, actually. Novus Order was Latin for New Order. So when I refer to the, the mainstream church, I'll refer to them as Novus Auto. They ne neither one of them pressured me, but gave me enough information to understand the difference. And I just had to build upon that. And that's what I did. I studied more and I learned. And it was a, about the year that Father Martin passed on. <clears throat> I had made the move to the traditional Catholic church and I've been there ever since that was over 20 years ago. Well, so, if you don't mind, uh, hit me with just a couple of differences. Cause like, well, the, the mass, the, wow. Um, the differences between uh, this could be, I could just talk on this for an hour in and of itself. I, I'm, um, I'm sure you could, man. I, I can go real deep and in order for me to give it uh, a justice, the explanation, I'd have to go very, very deep or I'm going to confuse the hell out of everybody. Let's put it this way. They changed the liturgy of the mass in the second Vatican council. Our lady of Fatima in, in 1917 in Portugal, one of the messages that her son wanted us to know is do not change the liturgy of the mass. And they went ahead and they did it. Now, this is 1917. The Marian apparition, the Blessed Mother, appeared to three little shepherd children and gave right. them a lot of messages, actually. Showed them hell, uh, the reality of hell, um, you know, and gave them a lot of messages, uh, prayers, certain prayers, the Fatima Decade prayer. When we pray the rosary after each decade, we now add this prayer in at the request of the Blessed Mother. But it's not a request, it's a command. Mm. Um, I know a lot of Protestants heads probably are going to explode on that one but that's okay it's all right um, the mass is held in Latin uh, celebrated in Latin it is not you know now I tell I tell people I have an interview at eight o'clock and they still call me <laughs> the Latin mass is um, celebrated in Latin the congregation does not participate in the mass, the priest's back is facing the congregation. 
He's facing the tabernacle. He's praying to God. He's not praying to the congregation. He's praying to God. And there is a validity issue between the consecration of the bread and wine into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ with the transubstantiation. Mm -hmm. There is a, a invalidity to the Novus Ordo Church because in the, in the Catholic faith, you cannot detract from a prayer or add anything that changes the meaning of the prayer. You can add to the prayer as long as it does not change the meaning of the prayer. You got to understand this is more than prayer. This is a ritual. Right. And when a word is changed, which changes the meaning, it invalidates the supernatural transubstantiation that takes place. I can go even deeper into saying that, uh, you know, the, um, the proletariat in Russia was putting men into the seminary in the thirties and forties so they can rise to the higher levels and change the church from within. Wow. Because the atheists, they realized that when they attacked the church from the outside and they killed people, they made a stronger. Right. Martyr. They killed, they made a martyr. Yeah. So they decided we're going to get them from the inside. It's exactly what they're doing now politically. Yeah. In America. Yeah. And educationally. Yeah. Bella Dodd. I don't know if you know who Bella Dodd is, mm -hmm. but she's out there. She's dead now, but she was a, a KGB agent. She worked for the Russian proletariat. She wow. was sent here to change our educational system, make them dumb. That's what she needed to do. Yeah. Did she succeed? Because I I look around and I see a lot of dumb people out there. <laughs> you ain't lied one time yet, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I have a deal with God. If I lie, he's to strike me dead and send me to hell. I don't lie. I speak the truth. Amen. I'm a lover of the truth. Amen. I can't stand when people lie. If you ever saw the demon files, you'll understand. I got up and walked out on those people that called me for help because they lied to me. Did they really? Oh, yeah, they lied. And I knew they lied. And I got up and I left. I don't Cameras mind. rolling and all. <laughs> I didn't care about no TV show. I was there to help these people. Right. You know, and when they lied, when she, when that family lied to me, I ended my involvement with them. And I told them that I want the truth. You got to tell me the truth. Everything that I asked for, you got to be honest with me. I'm asking for a reason. Right. You know, I got to get to the bottom of your problem. So I need to speak to you and I need the truth. And they didn't. So I left. Yeah. And they knew I would. Well, I told them. They so must want to help, right? Yeah. I don't, I, what's that? They must not have really wanted help if they were going to lie about it. Well, no, there was more of a nefarious reason why I was there. And we found that out. We figured it out. Yeah. You know, um, I, you see, I approach it in two ways. I approach it spiritually and I approach it from the angle of a police officer. And I put those two together. And, you know, I'm going to seek out answers and I'm going to seek out to bring the case to fruition. That's why I'm there. I'm not just there to get proof that there's something in your house. 
I'm ready to get rid of it. I want it gone. And I have the spiritual means to do exactly that through the authority of the Catholic Church. And my willingness to align my will with God and serve God's will in the broken capacity um, that I can because I'm a human being. Right. And I'm broken without God. Right. If I don't have, if God isn't there, I will never be able to help anyone. Right. Let alone myself. Because hmm. we're all broken. <laughs> Every one of us. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got something about them that's friggin' broken, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all the, right. The, the thing is that you have to realize it in order to, you know, work on your brokenness, you know. That's and, it. That's it. And give God the ability to give you graces. Uh, to, to do that you know and laying down that pride right <laughs> hey what what is what's the sin of of lucifer pride exactly it's, it's the primordial foundation to all sin yeah pride it is it is all right so getting back to these sacramentals okay you liken them to uh having your your service pistol right I, well, yeah, I mean, you're going um, into I, police, I to. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the job I, and the work. I so was you, trying to let people understand, yeah, that physical objects don't do diddly to the devil, right. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You fire an atomic bomb at him, and it isn't going to affect him or his demons, right? You hold up a relic to the true cross, and you're going to get a reaction from them, and they ain't going to like that, and they'll flee from it unless they're devils and they're really powerful, you know, then, then you have a fight on your hands. All right. Now this is what this is what we got to get into. We got to weed into this. A relic of the true cross. Yes. Now you're talking about a shard from the actual crucifix. About that big. Tiny little piece. How did you get your hands on that? Well, back when I first started in the work, there was a priest. His name was Father LeBlanc. He was from El Mirage, Arizona. And he was actually a um a the Society of Pius X priest. And he he was in uh, charge of the relics from the Vatican here in the United States. So I had written away to him and I had asked him if I can obtain a relic of the True Cross. And I paid for a reliquy. It's the only, I believe it was $75 for the reliquy. You cannot sell a relic. You're immediate excommunicated if you sell a relic. Right. But the reliquy that it comes in, you know, he can't just send that. He's It's got to be secured. And it is actually, it's wired up and there is wax with a seal on it inside that reliquy to prove that it is an authentic relic from the Vatican. And I, have, I also have a, a certificate, you know, with a raised seal. Yeah. Um, but I don't need all of that. I saw I've seen this relic do some things, you know. Um, it's got nothing to do with the man holding it. It's got to all to do with that relic, you know, the power that comes from it and the fear. The demonic, they don't like it. Uh they really don't. I, I you know, um I've seen some pretty frightful things from them with that relic. Uh I wrote about one of them. Um, the power of that. And um, 
That's how I obtained it. Yeah. It's, that's incredible. I'd now, listen, Father LeBlanc was about 90 years old back then. So there's there's no way that he's still alive. <laughs> right. Um, if he was, he ain't in charge of anything, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I still have the uh, I have an order form with all of the relics on it still in my in my papers. Oh, wow. Uh, but now the the there are no relics that are being offered anymore. There is a priest that goes from parish to parish um, with the relics. And people go there and they expose themselves to the relics because, you know, they do have miraculous power. These are saints. Right. You know, right. Um, I've actually seen that relic perform a miracle. Can you tell I'm not going to go into it. Okay. Um, it's a, it's actually, it's a personal thing. Uh, but I saw that relic was responsible for something that should not have been. That is fantastic. We should be one less a person right now in this world. But that person is still here because of that relic, you know. Um, and like I said, it has nothing to do with the man holding it. Right. You know, it's it's the power of of Christ through his suffering on that crucifix. Wow. I love that. I love that. Because when I read that, I thought, man, how many pieces could there possibly be? And why why isn't there one of my family somewhere? <laughs> you know? well, that, that crucifix is a first class relic. Yes. You don't just fling that around right. when you expose the the um the true cross you have to have two blessed candles lit um in a hospital you can't light candles right. so you'll omit that part but i was in a hospital when um i exposed this relic to somebody who wasn't going to live hold on you just froze up on me this happens a lot And they lived. Again, you have some kind of a connection to this relic. It says my internet connection. You, we good? We still good? Yeah, it, it froze up for a minute when you said I, that you. Yeah, uh, you know what? My internet has been acting up. We, you know what we've had? We've had a solar flare, which creates difficulties for electronics. Um, you know, uh, uh, these, these. These phonies, these commies that we got running around in this world that are trying to push this global warming hoax. Oh, I know. The sun is responsible for this planet warming and cooling. Right. Not us. Right. In, our, in our little automobiles. Yeah. They just want control over people. It's a right. common plan. That's all yeah. it is. Yep. All right, I don't want to get sidetracked because we, we can go deep with that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, weather's cyclical. And I've argued that a million times. But... Yeah. Um, Not only that, the Volstock ice core sampling proved that uh, CO2 rises, rising in CO2 lags behind warming by 800 years. CO2 rises, the levels rise because of warming, not the other way around. But they can't use that. Right. You know, they got to use it the other way. Yeah. You got to you got to see what these people are about. The Talk about lies. I said to you, I cannot stand people that lie. Right. You know. And what do I see every day on the TV? I know these people are lying. Right. Yeah, lying it. 
Yeah, you know, right to our faces. Like we don't matter. You know why? Because we don't. Because we don't. They would prefer that um seven million or seven billion people die. They only want about a million or two laying around, you know, yeah. the globalists. They, they they want the rest of us gone. Too many of us, you can't control them. Yeah. That many people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to know about holy water yeah um, holy water uh the saint benedict medal holy uh, water needs to be properly blessed um the blessed salt is blessed separately and the water is is not blessed it's exercised and the proper blessing for it is it, out of the roman ritual uh, done by a priest, got to be a priest. You know, I can't bless things. The only thing I could do is I can touch religious objects to the relic of the true cross and make them third-class relics. So it is probably like a blessing, maybe yeah. even a little bit stronger of a blessing because it's a relic touched to the true cross. Um, and, and the salt is put into the holy water uh, three times in the shape of a cross and the holy water is properly blessed what we do with that is we put that in all four corners of every room it consecrates the room you want to make it hostile to any diabolical activity or any demonic spirit that's active in the area you want to chase them out um you would do that every room of the house including the basement and the attic if there is one um, and the grounds, you would go along the grounds and put, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We use St. Benedict medals for that. Um, and then once we do that, we would use the blessed salt. And it's the same as the, the holy water, except it lasts longer. It doesn't evaporate that quickly. So we put it in the corner of the room and you want to leave it there as long as possible. Um, eventually it would, uh, you know, probably, uh, crystallize and biodegrade itself out of existence. But while it's there, you're still going to have the blessing, the, the benefit, the benefits of that blessing that's connected with the salt, the blessed incense that we use, uh, before we do any kind of exorcisms in the house, um, is once again, it's blessed, it's frankincense and myrrh. It's considered high church incense. It's the same gift of incense that the wise men the magi brought to jesus uh, upon his birth he was given frankincense and myrrh and we use the frankincense in, in catholic ritual especially when a solemn high mass is being celebrated the incense is sensed you know it's censored the priest is censored the altar boys even the congregation are censored with the censor right um, very powerful if it's properly blessed against negative spirit vibrations. Being it, there was a term that Ed Warren used, he called it suffumunigation. Um, basically, what that does is the incense is left in an area in a room for an extended period of time, it filtrates itself throughout the whole entire room. When we do an exorcism of a house, we open up all the drawers. We leave no dark spaces. Everything is open. Just a little bit. 
We want natural light to get in there. We want our holy water to get in there. And we want the incense to permeate all areas of the home. It, it vibrates in a way that the demonic, they don't like it. They, they repel from it. We want to do that to weaken them or cast them out if possible before the prayers even start. I'd rather they're gone. You know what I mean? I don't want right. to have to deal with them. So and, uh, we would use blessed oil on people who were having some kind of a difficulty in, in the demon files, in that case where their folks lied to me, um, there were two of the family members were appeared to be having some type of anxiety or panic attack. So I anointed them with the blessed oil on the forehead and, and instructed them not to wipe it off. The demonic don't like that stuff. So it keeps them away from them. Unless it's a, a devil and it's from a higher choir of angelic spirit, then, you know, we might have a real battle on our hands with that. But what I do is I have my, if, uh, you know, if there are three floors in the house, I'll have two investigators on each floor with the incense driving this thing to the area that I believe it entered the house, a portal, a gateway that it used to enter into that location. I will drive it up to that location and cast it out from in in some cases, I work from the basement on up because the portal is up on the second floor. You'll see that in the Tennessee house, the war trace uh, with the demon files. I only did three cases. And then the network said, we don't want you praying anymore. What? And I don't not pray. <laughs> right. you know? What am I going to do? Try to capture it in a box like right. the other guys, you know, let's make a contraption and try to capture this ghost in a box. <laughs> Give me a break. Anyway, um, sometimes I start in the attic and work down because the portal is in the basement. So, you know, it depends on the information I'm getting and the feelings I'm sensing when I'm in that house. I don't have psychic ability. I don't have radar like the movie portrayed. Right. Only when I'm invest actively investigating a case do I have some type of ability to know where I need to go and what I need to do? Sometimes it's not easy though. Sometimes I have to go through interviews and my interviews are four hours long sometimes. Right. If I have four or five people in the house, I want to be talking to them for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. And to help people understand, you're talking about, you open up even the drawers in the in the in the in the bedroom, you know, in the the closet doors, and you make sure the holy water gets in there, because these are spiritual beings, but they they are in a physical kind of presence, right? Well, they're they're interacting on our plane of existence, but they don't come from this plane of existence, and they're pure spirit; they're not physical. So they can be anywhere. They could be in two places at one time. They could bilocate. Maria Sterryhall from the book that I referenced, Satan's Harvest, 
was seen in two places at one time. He was bilocating, or what we refer to as a doppelganger. Uh-huh. Saint Pio uh, was seen in two different places. We call that bilocating. Okay. So they they are not physical. They are not bound by our physical. Um, they're not bound by the physical order that God instituted for us. They operate outside of it, but they can affect our physical world very easily. They're very powerful. Right. Um, right. And are they able to manifest into a physical? Or is that when they when people see a demon, are they seeing a physical demon or are they seeing an image being put into their mind? It, it could be projected. It could be projected telepathic hypnosis, or they could be physically manifesting. They have the ability to do that. Um, the thing is, is that the devil does not have the ability to create. Right. Only God can create. And us human beings in cooperation with God. That's one of the reasons why the devil hates us is because we, he got, people don't understand the, awesome responsibility and power to bring a life into this world yes. where we yes. co-create with God. And that's why when you abort a baby, there, there is nothing that I can even think of that would be worse to have connected to your soul is the mortal sin of murdering your own flesh and blood, your own child. People don't realize the gravity of that sin. So much so that it's one of the times that Jesus said, anybody who hurts one of these little ones, better to put a millstone around your neck and drown yourself in the sea. Right. It's better to commit suicide, which is a, a grievous sin against God. He's telling it, you it's better to kill yourself than to hurt one of them. Right. People got to wake up. I know they gotta wake up. Yeah, they but, do. Yeah, they do. Uh I agree I, with you 100 percent I I'm I lost my original train of thought because that's what happens when you're old. Um, <laughs> I was trying to prove a point and I would like to get back on track. Do you remember what I was saying actually? The uh the demonic manifestations. I got you. The devil can't create, he can only imitate, but not perfectly. He cannot imitate perfectly what God has created. So we always look for a deformity or something abnormal in the manifestation. Now, there's two types of manifestations. There's an apparition or a manifestation. Right. When you say apparition, for our terms, for investigate, for my investigators, when you say to me, hey, Ralph, I got, you know, um, I got a case this woman's seeing an apparition. Okay, of who? An apparition means you recognize the spirit. Okay. A manifestation means you don't recognize the spirit. It's just a manifestation. So that's the way we would describe them, the differences between the two. Now, I have a lot of cases, oh, I saw my father. Well, describe him to me. Was there anything, you know, uh, that wasn't normal? Well, I only saw him from the waist up. That's 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 a clue. Then we want, well, what do he say to you? What's the message that he gave you? You know, things of that nature. 
Because within the message is a revealing of what is behind the spirit. St. Paul tells us we must test the spirit. Right. Do not believe that you're talking to a benevolent spirit. First of all, I don't know too many people that are going to stand around talking to a ghost. They're going to crap themselves and they're going to run. There's going to be no conversation. Uh, you know, and how are they supposed to know what types of questions they should be asking, you know, this spirit? You have to have a knowledge of your faith in order to understand if you're being lied to or not. Right. So one of the quick tests that I'll use is I want the spirit to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The demonic will never never do that that they'll reveal themselves at that particular point by responding in any other way other than that proclamation right so you know right off the bat so what is it this it's safe that the demonic spirits don't manifest themselves to me because you're <laughs> going to challenge them <laughs> right so they won't do it they're sneaky they'll hide they'll do it without showing me that they're physically there yeah. And they play their games and I laugh at them. What can they do to me? Right. My soul belongs to God. What can you do to me? Kill me? Thank you. You'll send me right home. Uh, to die is gain, right? You'll martyr me. That's it. I'll be in I'll be in the first choir in heaven. I'll occupy the choir that Lucifer came from. There you go. So kill me. Go ahead. <laughs> kill me because I'm a traditional Catholic. Go ahead. You know, I love it. I hope that if it ever does come down to that, I have the courage to say, yeah, go ahead instead of, oh, please don't. don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. There's no knife at my neck right now. So I could be, you know, I have all the bravado in the world. Right. You know who else had all that bravado? Uh, St. Peter. And he denied Jesus three times. And he, he spoke with him. He ate with him. He cried with him. He, he walked on water with him. him. What? Yeah. I said he walked on water with him. He did everything with him. Yeah. And he still denied him because he yeah. was afraid. And who did he go to? He didn't go to, the, to Jesus. Jesus was suffering his passions. He went to the Blessed Mother. Jesus forgave him through his mother. Mm. Because they share a hypostatic union. They co-jointly operate because if the blessed mother didn't say yes we would not have jesus we wouldn't have jesus there would be no way for us to be saved now is that why and, demons hate mary so bad well that's one of the reasons but the the main reason is because when lucifer rebelled against god and he really when god revealed the first when he revealed the beginning stages of his plan, Lucifer had a problem with it. He didn't align his will with God immediately, like all the other angels. He had a difficulty with it. He had a he had a weakness in his nature that he didn't overcome. We all have to overcome weaknesses. I just said we're broken. We need to go through this life with at war with ourselves. Yes. The spiritual aspect. And the physical aspect. They need to constantly be warring. And if they're not warring, the physical needs to be behind the spiritual. That's right. That's what we need to obtain. That harmony. 
But until we can get there, we have to war with one another. The devil had that same exact instinct. But it was when God revealed the infinite word, born of a woman, mm-hmm. made flesh. That's when Lucifer lost it. That's when his pride welled up. I'll never serve that meat sack. I'll never serve them. They're below me. They're beneath me. God wanted the angels to raise Jesus up and raise humanity up at the same time. Right. Lucifer said, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't doing that. There's no way. And he threatened God and says, I will destroy your son and that woman. See, God never revealed Jesus and the Blessed Mother. And that's what confused them in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He thought they were the son of God and the woman. It took him a while to study them, watch it, look in their nature, found weaknesses in Eve's nature, and he went out, he went for it. And she wasn't doing what she was supposed to do. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. So Lucifer tells God, I'm going to destroy them. And God says, it angered God. I will put enmity between her seed and your seed. And she will crush your head. And you will lie in wait for her heel. Yeah. And the devil is a master misogynist. He cannot stand the fact that one, it's a human, and number two, it's a woman, no yeah. less. And this, this threat of God resonates through his being constantly. That's why he is so hungry to destroy us, because it was because of us that he lost everything according to him. Right, the according narcissist, to him. The narcissist that he is. Right. You see, all the bad traits that a human being can have come from him. Yes. Those are his influences. Those are not the influences of Jesus Christ. Right. It's the exact opposite. And another reason is his his sin, his downfall was pride. The exact opposite of pride is humility. And that's what the Blessed Mother's virtue is, humility. And he can't stand that. And he is afraid of her. You got to remember, he approached Jesus three times in the desert. He tempted Jesus Christ, the son of God. Right. How many times? Three times. Right. He attacked him in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was at his weakest human state. He needed to embrace his humanity and its totality in order to experience fully what we experience as a human being. So his divinity was not interfering with what he needed to do. Can you imagine the will to suffer the way he suffered when all he had to do was think in his mind to end it? It would have been over. Yeah. He didn't do that. For three hours, he hung on that cross, suffering those passions. And here's the devil in the Garden of Gethsemane you know, touching it with a needle. The, you're going to die for these people? They, they're going to hate you. They're going to, look at them. They're sinful beings. They don't love you. They're going to do everything in their power to get rid of you out of their lives. What are you doing? And this was 
pressing on him. The weight of those sins were pressing on him so much Amen. that he actually sweat blood. And when he asked his father to pass the chalice, he wasn't talking about hanging on the cross. He came here for that. He was asking his God to get the devil out of his face. He can't handle it. So God knew, sent an angel. And once that angel appeared, the devil tucked his little tail between his legs and he hightailed it right. back, to his, back to his misery, you know, and his glee. He was gleeful at this time. Of course. He's defeating the son of God. He right. thought he won that battle in the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, I'm sorry. In the Garden of Eden. Yeah. 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 When he when he caused Eve to fall and Adam to fall right after that, celebrated. But then when God saw them, the condition of Adam and Eve, he knew they had sinned. But you see, they were contrite of heart. They asked for forgiveness and he gave it to them. And that set the devil off again. How could they be forgiven? They sinned. How could he forgive them? I sinned and he doesn't forgive me. He abandoned me. He kicked me out. I don't, I, you see, Lucifer never gazed upon the beatific face of God. Just like a human being dies in a state of mortal sin, they right. never get to gaze on the beatific face of God either. There's a misconception. He never saw God. He was instructed through voice but it isn't even voice it, they don't communicate like we do they don't need ears or a voice to communicate they communicate telepathically through energy that's how god communicated with him so he didn't need to see him and he was not worthy of seeing him the right. good angels that accepted him they saw the beatific face and they gazed upon the beatific face of god this battle was not did not take place in heaven it took place in the Empyrean heavens. There, were, there was no way they were permitted in, in, in heaven in their fallen state. Right. And in fact, Jesus needed to die on this earth before heaven could be open to anybody. Right. They weren't even at that point just yet. So there was this battle did not take place in heaven, and it was not a physical battle. It was a battle of wills. That's what an exorcism is. A battle of wills. Battle of wills. And you your said, will better be aligned with God's will. Right. Us human beings are not going to be able to overcome the devil using our own free will. It has to be aligned with God's will. And on that, you say, um, and I know there's there's orders and choirs of angels, right? Yeah. There's a hierarchy. And the devil he has his counterfeit and there's a hierarchy of the demonic realm as well right well you said that there's demons and devils well the way i explain that is there has to be you know and i'm going to probably take a lot of crap from people when i use the term yin and yang because i say oh these are philosophy i use the word chakra points in my book people write to me chakra points i'm like I use that for lack of a better word. I could have created a word. I ain't gonna lie. I highlighted that too, man. I'm I highlighted that. I'm just explaining <laughs> something that's already explained, so you understand it without me having to create a new explanation and a new term. Got it's it. an aura. It flows from power points in the body. 
known as chakra points to the heathens. So what? Right. So, um, you know. <laughs> so where was I at here? Well, I don't I, know, man. You yelled at me because I said I highlighted it. Bat, battle of wills, right? Um, yeah, and, demon, and, and if you the notice, devil. the devil comes from the, the first choir, which is the seraphim choir. It's the closest choir to God. Um, St. Michael came from the second to last choir, which is the Archangel, Archangel. choir. Right, yeah. I've always wondered that, man. The power of God. Okay. The power of God. That God, you know, St. Michael rose up. He asked permission from God to join the battle against Lucifer and, and his, you know, his followers. And uh, St. Michael rose up from that second to last choir and defeated Satan. Right. And and, and just, in, in, uh, it's another book, insult to the devil. In the book of Jude, too, he, I noticed that St. Michael says, the Lord rebuke you to the devil when they're arguing, you know, fighting over Moses' bones. Uh, St. Michael, he he refrained from rebuking the devil. He said, the Lord rebuke you. Is that because of the, the hierarchy difference? Uh, well, we don't do anything in our own name when it comes to fighting the devil. We always do it in the name of Jesus. That makes so much sense. Okay. And I, I it, it's in the prayer of the minor form of exorcism. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, may the Lord rebuke thee, Satan. Yes, yes. I know everything so, yes, we, it, we do in the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, no, so, it, it is always in the in the name of Jesus Christ, you are commanded to leave. You know, whatever whatever command you're gonna use against the devil, you always do it in the name of Jesus Christ. You need to be deserving of using that name, right? And deserving of his authority in your relationship to him. Right. And, and that's why we have to make sure that we're we're not going into these things with mortal sins on our body. That would be a real dumb thing to do. Right. It'd be like going into a firefight with an empty gun. Right. Man. This has been so educational. You know, and I I don't know how an hour has went by already, but if you're okay with it, oh, I, I got a little bit more time if you got time. I, I We can go another 15 minutes if you'd like. All right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Give me 15 minutes of... uh. 15 minutes of what you would want to explain to somebody about like one of these cases. Um, so maybe it doesn't have to be from your book. It can be from your book. Like walk through a case. If you can do that in 15 minutes, what type of case uh, let's go with station, a possession. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of different types of cases be a little more specific and I could, tell you how it would be um you know worked okay what what was the most common thing you encounter is it like a haunted house though for lack of Inf better words infestation cases infestation case yeah okay and i know there's levels there's uh, there's like vexation infestation and then it goes up to possession right and then perfect possession well yeah we just normally use the three stages of infestation oppression slash obsession and possession 
Uh, you know, there's always an invitation. But the person that's being affected by it doesn't have to be the one that invited it in. Right. You happen to move it to a home where um, a demonic spirit was invited in through ritual or through some type of um, negative action that actually attracted the devil, like bestiality, necrophilia, uh, uh, pedophile behavior and actions are invite to the devil. Right. You know, to op that opens your soul up to anything that wants to step in. It's only that God doesn't allow it to happen that stops it from happening. Because if the devil has an opening, he's going to take it. He's going to take it. He's going to jump at it. God will stop him from doing that. Right. He'll protect us from that. So when people go into this home, they, they just moved in. It's like out of a movie. Uh, young couple moves into this home. They're so happy. They got such a good deal. They can't imagine why. They go in here and now, boom. They're in this oppressed house, right? Oh. This infested house. Yeah. Uh, somebody gets a hold of Ralph Sarchi. What do you what What do you do? How How do we get through this? All right, well, you know they're gonna reach out to me, uh, or I'm gonna find out uh, about them and get their obtain their number. But they have to seek my help. You can't have a friend and call me and say, hey, my friend needs your help. And then I get involved in it. I don't make calls. I don't solicit. I tell them, all right, you know what? Have your friend contact me and then we'll take it from there. I need that initial intention that right. you want to get rid of it and you need my help. That's what I need. Once I get that, I'll do an informal interview on the phone. But my first interview is where are you spiritually? That's what I want to know. Are you baptized? Where are you baptized? Do you go to church? Have you gone to confession? If you're a Protestant, I have a difficulty. Where do I send you to confession? A lot of Protestant churches don't have a confession. They don't believe in it. They believe I confess to God and on my sins are forgiven. Doesn't quite work like that. I hope it does, and I wish it would, because it'd be pretty easy to sit my butt in this chair and say, I'm sorry, Lord, then get my butt up and go to church, get in the confessional, and tell a priest what I did. So how do you get through that? Well, how, how do you get through that? What, confession? For a, uh, for a Protestant. If you go to a Protestant's home, and they're like, all right, uh, I believe... You know, the Apostles' Creed, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'll I mean, go to confession. Uh, I will go if need be, you know, and back in the day I did. And I tried very hard to set them in the right path while I was there. But it wasn't something that was important. Right. What I won't do is if there is an unbaptized person, a child, or an unbaptized person in the house, I will not handle your case until you get baptized. And I leave that up to the person where they want to go and get baptized. But they have to start the process of baptism. I won't wait until they're baptized. In the Catholic Church, it could take you a year to get baptized, especially an adult. You need to go through RICA, religious instruction classes. That's a year. 
I know we don't have time for that, right. but I will tell them as long as you make that intent, that you make that move, you set it up and you follow through with it. Meaning if I come to your house and take care of your problem and then you say, all right, I don't need to get baptized. It's, well, you're putting yourself into a very, very bad situation where that thing that I cast out of your house could come back with seven more powerful. It's in seven scripture. More. You can read it if you'd like. Right. I yeah. didn't say that. I didn't say that. God said that. Right. All right. So it's not my rule. And I'm going to need that from you. And, you know, if you don't do that, I will end my involvement with you. Doesn't matter who you are. Right. I've had investigators tell me, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they didn't do it. And done. Cut out. Don't. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to hear from you. Especially when you've promised me that you were going to do this. Right. It's very important. It's very, very important to be baptized somewhere. I'll even go that far to say, and it really doesn't matter. Just get it's, it's the, the intention. It's the it's desire the that you're showing and you're proving to God, hopefully in his mercy He'll say, okay, I love you that much where I'll give you mercy for not following my word to a T. I can only hope that'll happen because the way I look at it, if God wants me in heaven, he's going to have to miracle my ass up there because I'm not making it on my own. None of us are, man. He's going to have to love me special, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's the way I look at it. So, so you get them baptized, or they, 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 they. That's what I want. And then, if I feel that I have to go there, uh -huh. I will go there. You know, and I will do an investigation. Then I get formal. Then I got the video cameras up, and we're gonna sit down, and we're gonna go through everything from soup to nuts. I'm gonna look through your house. I'm going to look in your closets. I'm going to look in your drawers. I'm going to look at the cabinet underneath your bathroom sink. Now, what are we looking for? Really? I'm looking like for object contact objects. I'm looking for anything that shows me the lifestyle is skewed. Okay. And it needs to be addressed and put back on track. That's what I'm looking for. Drug use. I'm looking for alcoholism. I'm looking for any signs of criminal activity. Right. You know, I'm not kidding when I do that. I'm not playing around. So I will go into that. Good, good. I'm in everybody's drawers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing that I won't you go into is the underwear drawer. I skipped that one. That's a yeah. little freaky, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want to be known as the guy who's going to rifle through your underwear drawer. <laughs> so if you're going to hide anything, that's the drawer to hide it from me in. But I might find it eventually, you know. Yeah, that's where, that's um, where to put that Ouija board, right? <laughs> yeah, something, something might lead me to that underwear drawer, and I'm going to bring you in, and you're going to open it for me. <laughs> so you get into the home, you do your investigation. I see anything that I find suspicious or out of place, I'm going to ask the people in the house to explain it to me. Why is it there? How did it get there? Who gave it to you? And what is its purpose? Yeah. And I need answers. You know, and I found objects in houses that are what we consider contact objects. 
Right. Now we talk we talk about blessed objects like the same Benedict medal where it's it's blessed and the medal itself is an X's and prayer. Um, when it's blessed, it's got a positive charge to it. it. It's benevolent. So on the opposite side of the coin, when a good occultist curses an object, it has the same the same not value but the same properties it's now a malevolent object and it can hurt you where a blessed object can offer you protections and and offer you graces this object will hurt you so i look for those objects i negate them and i get rid of them how do you negate ed and lorraine well i use depending on what the object is i'll first use holy water and then i will use blessed salt um, um, holy oil. But let me tell you something what happened to me in one of the cases. I, I handled this case years ago. And actually, Scott Derrickson and Paul Bordman were with me on that case. You know, Scott Derrickson uh, wrote and directed Deliver Us From Evil. So I was more than just, you know, uh, that relationship. I was friends with, I'm friends with Scott. He w- They were with me on this case. And um I'm talking to this woman and she's explaining things to me. And I, I sensed mental illness from her. She had a mental, a mental problem. But but I noticed a bowl, a little glass bowl on her table filled with white powder. Hmm. So I said to her, What what is that? She says, Oh, that's voodoo powder. I said, Voodoo powder, Wh- where'd you get it? She goes, Oh, uh, Protestant minister from down the block gave it to me. So I went over to it and I lift, I I anointed my hands with holy water and I lifted up the top. It was a metal piece about this big. And I poured holy water right out of the bottle into it. And when, once that holy water hit that powder, an electric shock went up my tip of my finger all the way up my radial nerve to my elbow, and I dropped the met. I couldn't hold it. I dropped it, and I turned around, and I walked towards Scott. And Scott said to me, "Are you all right?" And he told me this later. And he said, "You just looked at me, and you walked right by me and didn't say a word." Now I'm afraid of electricity. Right. When I was a kid, about three or four years old. I, I don't like telling this story. Uh, I took two keys and I stuck them in a wall socket. And I could still feel, I could still feel that. All of these years later, I'm 61. I could feel that oh, still. Yeah. I am afraid of electricity. I went to change the ceiling. I put a ceiling fan up. My father goes, yeah, just shut the light off. And I did. And I got shocked. And I yelled at him. I'm like, you know, I got electricity. I had to go down to the breakers box and <laughs> shut it off. It doesn't stop the electricity from flowing with the switch, you know? Uh, so, and this happened to me. This just, it, it just sent me for a, for a loop, yeah. you know? Um, I yelled at that lady for that. Um, I yelled at her. And I got up and I left. You know, I said, you're dealing with voodoo powder? Right. And you have me come into your house and I, I packed up and I left. I walked out. So um, that case was given to me 
uh, by a traditional Catholic priest who is now a bishop. Um, he sent me over there. And when I called him and told him what happened, he was like, no, 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 go back there. I'm like, no, I'm not going back there. You go there. I'm not doing that. She's got voodoo powder. What am I, what am I doing with that? She's in a state of mortal sin. Right. What am I doing here? You know, she was just, the lady just couldn't center herself into what she needed to do. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a deliberating mental illness where she couldn't function and she didn't know right from wrong, but I sensed some elements of a mental illness, but she was lucid. She knew what the hell that voodoo powder was. Right. She explained it to me. She didn't lie to me and say, oh, it's, you know, it's uh, talcum powder. Right. Or even it's, oh, it's cocaine, you know? Um, right. So the reality of these contact objects is real, you know? And it's going to affect us because it mixes with our aura. And it affects our aura in some nasty ways. Now, our aura, is that like uh, just our energy? Is that... that that's our spiritual protection. Yeah, that's our spiritual protection. Okay. Your aura, when when you're in a state of mortal sin, it's 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 dull and it's it's dark and it breaks, it chinks up. There is openings in the aura, doesn't flow harmoniously through our chakra points, which there are major ones and there are minor ones. The top of the head, the solar plexus, right below the navel, right in the middle of the back, the small of the back, and at the back of the neck. Those are the major ones. The smaller ones are on the tops of the hands and the feet, the backs of the knees. These are all these points on the body that the aura flows. During an exorcism, the priest will anoint chakra points, put holy water or oil on the top of the head. Um, on the tops of the hands, on the feet. So these, you know, we use the sacramentals to seal those points up because the demonic is going to enter through one of those points. Okay. They usually, not in all cases, that particular area is affected during exorcism through pain. You know, uh, you'll see Marie Stereol having stomach trouble. You see him going uh, like this, you know. Um, because that was the area of the demon entering him. Right. Some it's the back, some it's the head from the, you know, from the chakra point on top. Um, and when you go to confession and you confess your sins and you complete the penance and you're truly sorry for your sins, your aura is now bright, bright white, and it is strong and it vibrates at a very very powerful high level demonic they love the low vibration right when your aura is broken it vibrates at that low vibration that attracts them they're attracted to that but a uh, uh, an aura who is, that is strong and healthy it repels them they they don't like that vibration it's something similar to the vibrations of the incense in the house that repels them that makes sense. That makes sense. So, okay. Let's make a scenario. Let's finish a scenario. Okay. You're in the home. Yeah. They're right with the Lord. 
They've been baptized, but they got this teenage daughter that had a slumber party. They play with the Ouija board. Didn't close it. Um, Mom doesn't know it's hiding under the bed. Well, there ain't no closing it. Once it's open, it's open. There the only go. thing that closes it is exorcism. That's there it. And that would be through holy water. Well, but there's so a lot more than just holy water. Um, that's just a, that's just a small part of the exorcism. It is the prayers. There are two forms of exorcism prayers. There is the um, the solemn exorcism, which is over a person. All right. Um, it is the Roman ritual. Uh, there there is a whole ritual ascribed. It's in the it's in the book, the Roman ritual. And there is a section on exorcism. Uh, there's blessing of the salt, blessing of the water, blessing of the oil, blessing of the incense, blessing of the metals, blessing of crucifix or rosary, so on and so forth. But also in there are the prayers of exorcism. That is performed over a person. Then we have a, a what we call the minor exorcism, the Pope Leo XIII prayer. That um, could be said over people. And it's usually what is used during oppression cases or obsession cases. Uh, it's used in homes. Laymen have the authority to say it, to use it as a prayer when they suspect diabolical activity. Pope Leo XIII gave us that authority. No pope can withdraw that and remove that from us, no matter how he tries. And I wouldn't listen to him anyway. That was important for you to say that. Is there is there a reason? What's that? Is, is the is the current pope or the person in place as pope? There ain't no tried, pope. Did, did he try to negate that? There's no pope. He's not valid. He never really said anything about it. But um, I, it wasn't the pope. It was actually the congregation. Well, I, I don't remember. I wrote about it in the book. I can't remember yeah. what con what group in the church tried to overrule Pope Leader Thirteenth and say, you can't read that as a prayer now. And I said, well, you can go whistle Dixie because you don't have the authority to overturn what the Pope said. Not right. even the subsequent Pope has the authority to overturn what Pope Leader Thirteenth said and, and the authority that we've been given through him in the name of Jesus Christ to use that as a prayer when the demonic is suspected so it's used and those are the cases when it would be used and i'll tell you every three or four months or so we would take a ride up to bishop mckenna and have him read the pope leader 13th prayer over us right it can't hurt you know it, it it's a way of rejuvenating uh you know our spiritual selves when we'd have these prayers, the healing, these are prayers of healing. Right. You know, this, 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 this is an illness. It is. And, you know, I, I appreciate what you did in this book, not only with just sharing your experiences, but these, these prayers in the back were authorized and you went ahead and listed them in there. And most of the time, it seems like you have to buy, if, if you want those kind of prayers, you have to purchase a book of prayers. You know, it's like, and, and you put, you know, you put a section in here for the rosary, which is also weird. Let me tell you, man, um, just real quick, I, I, I'm wrapping up. Um, 
I told you about my my mother on my or my grandmother on my father's side. When she passed, I wanted one of her rosaries. But I never asked my uncle who who had her, you know, her affairs if I could have one. So I've been looking for a rosary. And me and my wife have talked about this a, a hundred times and I looked everywhere for one. Never settled on anything that felt like I should I should get this one or whatever. Yester yesterday, the day before yesterday, this week, some person out of Canada emailed me out of the blue that said that they know that I deal with spiritual warfare and they wanted me to go, they, they wanted to make me a rosary. They have a company where they make rosaries and they had already mailed it to me before they would email me. Like it'll be here in a couple of weeks because it's coming from Canada. But it was just, it, it felt like such a blessing. You know, I felt like God was getting a rosary to me. Got to pray. Right. It's so, not a good luck charm or a talisman. No, it's not. This right. is this is my rosary. This was given to me by uh, actually the priest that sent me on that case with the voodoo powder. Yeah. Um. He he is a bishop now, and he sent me this many years ago. This is what's called a combat rosary. Um, this rosary during World War One was handed out to all the Catholic soldiers in their gear, in their in their mess kit, and it was made out of metal. They were cutting down on weight, right? So they made it a one decade, um, and and this this is actually rope, and uh, you know, uh, Bishop sent me this, and I I haven't uh, uh, parted with this, you know. Um, except when I sleep, right. you know, when I'm waking and I'm, I'm out about the rosary is in my pocket. I don't go anywhere without it. I love it. Um, and I also wear, um, this brown scapula. This is a scapula. Um, St. Dominic, I believe. Was given this scapula to wear, and basically, it's a Carmelite habit. It's made from the same material that a a, a monk would wear or a Carmelite priest. And on the scapula is a crucifix, which I put I I I uh, sewed that on there because when it slides, it frays the cord. So I I I leave it there, and sometimes that's in the back, and I want it up front. And here's the Saint Benedict medal on the back. And basically, we're clothing ourselves with this garment to show that we we honor the Blessed Mother and we love her. Right. And the devil knows what it means. And he hates it. He's afraid of it. So I wear it. And it don't come off my body. Except for when I'm showering. But we're not yeah. going to talk about that. <laughs> but as soon as i'm done and i'm dry it's back on me it doesn't Absolutely. come off me um yeah. these are not talismans i i believe in their power because of the promises connected to them right right and i'm tired so i'm sorry i'm sorry look man no it's all right it's all right I, you know we barely even touched the book. I would love to have you on again. You can have me back on. 
Yes. Yes. Let's do that, please. Because you know, depend depending on the response from your audience. You know, if you got two people watching it, one person is, you know, uh only watching it because he's locked up in a prison somewhere, you know, then <laughs> don't have me back on. But if people like what I said and they, you know, they want to hear more, then I'll be more than happy to come back on here and talk to you for another hour. And maybe if we do this, maybe if we do it a little earlier, we can go I can go two hours standing on my head. Sweet. Sweet. When I'm set up for it and it's earlier in the day like at about five, six, like that, you know, um, I'm still pepped up that back then, but now, you know, I starting to get tired and uh, yeah. I yeah. got supper in there. I, I hear, I hear some supper in there in my future. Yeah. Um, mine's downstairs waiting on me, man. Uh, I'm going to go yell at Barbara for calling me during an interview. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. She said, holy shit. She forgot. <laughs> Hey, well, Ralph, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show, man. Oh, thank you for having me on. Um, it, you're an inspiration, brother, for real. I, well, then you're in big trouble. No, I got a lot of respect for you. You do you do the Lord's work. and Just Do me a favor and, uh, you know, um, speak about my book. Give them the title, uh, you, you know, um, you know, promote it for me, please. I'd appreciate that. Let's plug it right now, man. Let's, yeah, let's you do it right now. You can do that. Deliver us from evil. Is that in the frame? Well, All yeah, right. that's perfect. But listen, I got to let you know. Um, yeah. It originally was called Beware the Night. They're the same book. Don't buy both of them. Uh, anyway, Beware the Night is out of print. It's been out of print for years. Okay. If you want to purchase a copy, you know, you're interested in hearing about my experiences, uh, you know, uh, purchase the book and if you haven't seen the movie, read the book first, watch the movie, see if you could pick out the elements of the book that Scott highlighted in the movie. You know what I'm talking about. You've read oh, it. Absolutely. You've seen it. So you know there are elements of that book in the movie somewhere. Try try to find them. <laughs> absolutely. And I bought mine on Amazon. Is there a better place to buy it? At Amazon. Uh, yeah, Amazon is is it, you know. Um, is it Jeff Bezos has got it uh, all sewn up? Yeah, you know? yeah. You gotta lock down. You man. can buy it, whatever you know. They might a small, a small, uh, you know, book retailer might have to order it for you, and they're gonna order it from Amazon. Right. I just found out that Target is carrying it, uh, which is amazes me. That Target is carrying "Deliver Us from Evil." So, um, you know, if if you're in Target, you want to pick it up, see if they have it. Um. You might have to look for it. They might try to hide it on you, but you know, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want this subject to be brought to the light. They want to keep it quiet. Look at the network telling me, telling my producer, can you can you get him to stop praying? Right. And he's like, that's his artillery. Right. Let me stop praying. You know, and There is no way that I'm going to continue with people like that. No way. You know, so um, whatever it served its purpose for, you could catch the Demon Files on uh, Prime, Amazon Prime. I think they charge like $3 for each episode. And there's, there's only three of them. 
but you know, um, you're going to actually see me put my investigations into action. So instead of me sitting here telling you what I do, you can go watch it. There you go. There you go. That negates my whole show, though. We don't want to do that. <laughs> Tell me at the end. We say that at the well, end. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that if you watched it, you'll have questions for me. Absolutely. Uh, about why I did what I did, uh, you know, how I knew certain things, and, you know, why did it go the way it went, you know? Did the demonic really do that? Because they do a couple of things on the show we captured. I did everything I could to piss them off through religious provocation. You read my book. You understand what that is. Absolutely. And you understand why I don't like to do it. Absolutely. And I've only done it three times in my 35 years <laughs> prior to the show. You know, um, and I can also tell you what I experienced a few years later due to that. But we can save that for another time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brother, I'll let you go. I know you got to eat. I got to eat. I've had a hot pocket all day. Um, Email me the, the, the nearest Wednesday that's convenient for you. Five o'clock, six o'clock. Don't matter to me. Well, send me a, send me an email and and we can just set it up that way because I'm going to forget. All right. So if you send me an email or a text message or whatever it is, will you know uh give me a couple of dates and we'll pick one out you know um just as long as it isn't uh christmas or thanksgiving you know well we're good all right brother we can come to we can come to something an agreement. all right man be back on hey, i appreciate you so much you have a good night thank you Bo. uh you have a good night too stay safe you and too, god brother. bless god bless brother take care That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you have an experience or an encounter that you'd like to share, holler at me. You can reach me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com or by the bump phone at 304-812-0553. Leave a text or a voicemail either way and I'll get back to you. Also, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Stick around after this for a special invitation. Within about 24 hours before I started recording um, this episode with Ralph, I got an email from a company out of Canada called the Stone Rosary Company. And just to to sum it up, they said that they know that... um, I, I deal with spiritual warfare a lot, and they don't want me going out empty-handed. And they decided to send me some rosaries. Um, I can't tell you how much that meant to me. On top of the timing, you know, I was getting ready to talk to Ralph Sarchi. Um, it was uh, it was incredible because I've been looking at rosaries for a long, long time. Ever since my grandmother had passed, I wanted to to get a rosary and uh, I just been hesitant I've been kicking it around the idea of it been looking for the right one um, and then they just they messaged me like that and so they're on their way and I just wanted to uh, to put out there if you're looking for a rosary for a friend for a loved one for yourself please check them out 
they're on Instagram. I, I would love it if you guys would go on to their Instagram and follow them. It's Stone Rosary Co. on Instagram. All right, their their website is stonerosaryco.ca. They're out of Canada. So it's the Stone Rosary Company. Please check them out. They have beautiful selections to choose from. Um, that's it. I just wanted to add, to add that little detail because it's just like, for one, to have a, a, an episode with a police officer that witnessed the paranormal last week. That interview popped up in the midst of scheduling with Ralph about a police officer that deals with the demonic. And then the this rosary company messaged me and, and gifted me these rosaries. It's just incredible the way you know the God's working right now. And I wanted to share that with you guys. And uh, you know, just keep us in your prayers. All right? I love y'all.
personally ready to submit your life to God and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says it really simply that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you. Called me up one night 
just to say Brother, if you would I need you to pray So I went to the altar I fell down on my knees and I prayed I asked the Lord if he would heal him And now he's living So if you're here feeling lonely and your burdens you no longer can bear, just come on up to this altar and take it to the Lord. In prayer, come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you, and you'll be living. So come on up to this altar and fall down on your knees and pray. Ask the Lord to forgive you and you'll be Better day. Better.